At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Appreciate you taking some time listening to the show on this Friday, well, realistically, Friday afternoon if you're tuning in. And, well, hopefully you're tuning in before the Cubs game today, 1.20 p.m. Central Time, first pitch. So we'll try to squeeze in brief analysis and maybe a quick lean, but again, won't spend too much time on it, assuming a lot of people may be listening during or after the game. But we will preview and spend plenty of time with the White Sox and the Rays, a new series to look forward to for Chicago. Put what happened against Toronto in the rearview mirror and focus your attention on Tampa Bay. It ain't going to be easy. The Rays are a studly team. We know this, and well, this is a perfect team that the White Sox would struggle against. But I'll share my two cents and actually offer maybe a slight glimmer of hope for the White Sox today, and I'll tell you why momentarily. Um, Part two, we'll get into the Lightning and the Rangers tonight. I've got a play in that game, and we'll look forward to game two with Boston and Golden State. And I say it like that because, of course, if you have listened to this show, if you have listened to any show I've been on virtually, I've been touting the Warriors in Game 1 and in the series. I am just, and I guess I got to talk about this first just to get it off my chest. And we'll get into Game 2 in the second part. But I'd be remiss if I didn't share my emotions and uh, my thoughts on what happened in Game 1. I'm just like in awe. Like it almost feels like it was a dream. Of what happened. Like I'm watching it with my two friends. And everything's fine. You know we're, we're content. We're just kind of like 
joshing around because they're up, what, like 14 or whatever it was, Golden State. The crowd's on their back. You know, you got Andre Iguodala hitting some damn threes. And if that's happening and the crowd's going crazy, you sense the momentum, you sense a win for the Warriors. And then the fourth quarter happens, and it's like, all right, the lead gets down to single digits. You're like, all right, whatever. All right, we should be aware of that, but nothing to freak out about. Gets down to seven. All right, maybe you guys could get a bucket just to be safe. Didn't get a bucket. Celtic score again. It's a five-point game. We're like, okay, all right. Call timeout. Figure things out. Then they'll come back. Nope. Turnover after turnover. Missed shot. And then you're going back and forth with them, and they just outlast you. Like, it doesn't seem real because it was just like Boston was perfect in the fourth quarter. At least it felt that way. 40-16 to 16 is how they outscored him in the fourth. In game one of the NBA Finals, down double digits. How the hell do you let that happen, Golden State? Like, again, it felt like a movie because it wasn't even believable or that the sliders were all the way up in a 2K game. I genuinely can't fathom how Golden State let that happen and how Boston shot so excellently. And you knew they were making every shot after they got on that run. Like Derek White, the he was face guarded to perfection and he knocks it down. You're like, you're kidding. Like something in the universe just flipped to where anything Boston was going to do at that point was right. And anything Golden State touched was going to turn to crap. Like offensive fouls. turn Like it, it just was insanity watching that unfold. I just really couldn't believe what was happening before my eyes. And you knew once Horford got his hand on the balls, you know, big man was going to hit his stupid shots like he always does every time I fade the Celtics. It's unbelievable. Al Horford plays like a damn MVP anytime I have faded Boston. And anytime I bet on Boston, it's not that I've lost anytime I bet on them. I certainly haven't done great per se, but it's like one of those games where Horford just drops like four points. And it's like, sick, dude. How do you go from dropping 25 and dunking on Giannis and then getting four the night? You know, like stupid stuff like that. Unbelievable. I just like Derek White. What the hell is this guy doing? Five of eight from deep. Al Horford, six of eight from deep. You're 40 something years old. He's not, but I like to exaggerate. You shouldn't be hitting that many threes in game one of the NBA Finals, and neither should Marcus Smart, four of seven. I mean, unbelievable. They shot 51.2% from deep on the road. I just, here's the thing. Like, I just went through all the ranges of emotions while watching this. It felt like at least. But once they got that stable lead and you obviously knew there was no chance for Golden State to win, I just was like in awe. Like, I almost feel proud for the people that backed Boston because for them, like, wow, what a win. And usually I'm bitter and salty. And don't get me wrong, I'm bitter on the side of like Golden State letting that lead go. But like, how do you not give all the respect in the world to Boston for that comeback? And for people who backed them, good for you. Honestly, good for you. What a way to win. That is still just blowing my mind. I feel like it wasn't reality. That's how crazy that seemed to me. And you wasted Steph Curry, what, setting a record with five threes in the first quarter? Went 7 of 14 from deep with 34 points. He has the MVP locked up if the Warriors win it. Yeah, that soon he has it locked up. I don't know, maybe get Gary Payton Jr. in there. You can. Do it. Make him play defense. 
Wiggins even had a good game, 20 points. Clay, eh, Clay had some turnovers. Or not turnovers, but Clay was kind of like fumbling the ball a little bit, it seemed. 15 points for Clay. And, and look, you know, this is kind of the difference that we figured could happen being the bench. Right, the big men in the bench, and it's not like Robert Williams had a tremendous game. I mean, he only had six rebounds and eight points. The rebounding is an issue. We knew the bigs would be an issue for the Warriors and the bench depth because, well, you know, Otto Porter being your leading scorer with twelve and Poole only getting nine is what killed you. Poole, where the hell did you go, buddy? You get scared of the limelight? Like what happened here? You had Derek White dropping twenty-one off the bench. Pritchard hitting a couple threes when it mattered. With six rebounds. How are you letting Peyton Pritchard get six rebounds? I mean, he did good limiting Jason Tatum, which he needed to do. 12 points. I figured if that were to happen, they can't win. And I was wrong. And I was wrong about game one. I will own that. And it's like, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I was going to say, you can't necessarily, you know, like give people who are on Golden State that much crap considering. I mean, they outscored Boston 38 to 24 and he figured it was all locked up. That's why they play four quarters. So, yeah, give me the grief if you want. I deserve it. I was all on Golden State game one and loved them for this series. And look, it's still a long series, and game two is going to be a battle. But wow, I just had to get that off my chest immediately. I'm not, again, it's like Anchorman. Like, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. I was mad originally while watching. I was like, Golden State, what the hell are you doing? And how are these guys hitting all these shots and not missing? It was like some kind of curse. But again, I am literally just appalled by how Boston came back and outscored them 42-16 in the fourth quarter. On the road in game one, like, unbelievable. I mean, just freaking hats off to the Celtics. Again, I'm not even mad about it. Like, yes, I'm mad we lost the bet, but in terms of just an NBA fan perspective, like, that is insane. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just losing ways to describe it, but I just can't even realize how that happened. And that's a testament to Boston. And yeah, that alters my mind on this series a bit. I'm not going to lie, but I'll save it for the second part of this of this episode. We'll get into all of that, but I just really quick had to share my uh, share my feelings on that game. But yeah, props to Celtics backers. JVT, Vincent Senior NBA Analyst was one of them. He came on rush hour last night. He liked them, took the points, loves them to win the series. Good for him. Good for you if you back the Celtics. But, man, I'm looking forward to game two. We got it on Sunday. I don't know if I'm rushing to the counter to bet the Warriors. The line's a little bit higher, assuming they're going to bounce back. But, man, 51% from three. Again, you got to think that's not going to happen. And they actually both got 39 rebounds. And, uh, wow, I didn't even notice this. Golden State had more offensive rebounds. Yeah, just 15 was the largest lead for both teams, by the way. They're pretty even in everything. Except for three-point shooting where they the Celtics made two more. And then obviously overall field goal percentage, 50.6% to 44%. But wow. I mean, free throws, 13 to 16 for Boston, 11 to 15 for Golden State. Rebounds, 39 each. Seven offensive for Boston, 12 offensive for Golden State. 32 defensive for Boston, 27 defensive for Golden State. Uh, Golden State had one more steal. Golden State committed one more turnover, but they had 21 points off turnovers, or the Celtics did rather, um, whereas the Warriors only had 10. 
Fast break points pretty even. Points in the paint. Celtics had the advantage as expected. Man, I don't know. This game just had me shook, but also just like amazed. Wow. What a testament to Boston. All right. Apologies for taking long on this. We'll get back into it. Uh, part two here of the City Cast series price, game two lines, all of that. Is Al Horford going to win MVP? My goodness. Could have had him at, I think, 80 to 1 at some spots. Jeez. All right. Cubbies game today. Let's get a little bit of positivity going, folks, because we had the Cubs in the first five yesterday, cashed it. Thank you, Keegan Thompson. Thank you, Cubs offense. Thank you, Libertor, for not being a solid pitcher in your young career. You'll figure it out, buddy. Uh, thank you to the Blue Jays for covering the run line, and thank you to the White Sox bullpen for imploding again, and we were able to profit off of it. So a nice 2-0 effort with our Chicago baseball bets. Let's see if we can't do the same for today. Cardinals. Again, at Wrigley Field, 1.20 p.m. Central Time. If you've already, or if this game's already gone off and you're listening to it, I guess just skip through at this point. But you got Miles Michaelis, Marcus Stroman, both righties. Both have pretty respectable stats right now. Uh, maybe you're a little, a little bit more concerned with Stroman. Because Stroman at Wrigley has not been a fun watch, that's for sure. He's got a 6.28 ERA at the friendly confines, a 3.66 WOBA, and a FIP of 4.68. So again, the Ivy has not been his friend. Overall, though, he's 2-4, 3.95 ERA, 1.08 WHIP, 3.65 FIP, and a Sierra of 3.76. So yeah, overall his numbers are good, but the home and road splits are concerning. Miles Michaelis, 3-3, 267 ERA, 105 whip, 3.41 FIP, and a 3.91 Sierra. Sierra advantage goes to Stroman. FIP advantage goes to Michaelis. Whip advantage goes to Michaelis. ERA Michaelis, record Michaelis. And the split, Michaelis because he's 1.54 ERA on the road, 251 Woba, and a 220 FIP. He's been a lot better on the road than he has at home this season. But again, we have to consider the batting splits. How do the Cubbies do against righties? We know that they do uh, fairly well against lefties, a reason why we picked them yesterday, aside from the starting pitching. But against righties, again, nothing that's definitely going to blow you away and nothing that may even want you to trust them here with how shaky Stroman has been, even though he can be great because of the because of the possibility that he could really go one way or the other with Stroman, you'd like to have an offense that at least could give you some conviction in backing the team up. But you don't really have it here because the Cubs versus righties, 693 OPS, 291 BABIP, 309 WOBA, 96 weighted runs created plus. Remember, 100 weighted runs created plus is the average, so they are below it. But against righties at home, they got a 322 Woba and a 104 WRC plus, so the friendly confines treating them well against righties, so to speak. Um, yeah, the Cubs bats coming alive a little bit more so as of late, but again, they thrive against lefties. Miles Michaelis did have a struggle in his most recent start. He gave up six runs on nine hits over five and two-thirds inning innings, I guess. Uh, they lost 8-0 to the Brewers on Sunday. Um Michaelis is 3-2, 1.62 ERA in 11 career games, 9 of those starts against Chicago. The Cubbies with Stroman, he's a 1.80 ERA in his past 5 starts after posting an 8.78 ERA in his first 3 outings this season. 
And uh, Stroman, 1-1, one 2.65 one, ERA and three career starts against the Cardinals. So look, Stroman knows he could be better. He knows he needs to be better. Michaelis has been sound. Cubs not the best against righties. The Cardinals prefer to hit against lefties, as we discussed yesterday. Um, I made this line minus 120 in favor of St. Louis in the Cubs plus 110, and I made the total 7.5. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Wind is barely blown out to right center, not the warmest of days. But where it actually opened had St. Louis at Bet Rivers minus 110, Cubbies minus 106, total is 8. So I put a little bit more stock in St. Louis, bouncing back after a loss. The instability of Marcus Stroman, that's what would concern me backing the Cubbies here. And just the fact that the Cubs, again, don't thrive against right-handed pitching, but the Cardinals don't either, but they could figure it out more so with their lineup than the Cubs can, I would believe. But I would get involved with something with the total. Because this total, for whatever reason, if I'm not mistaken, has gotten some love to the over. Yeah, it's up to 8.5 now. Even shaded to the over minus 117. If this thing, for some reason, gets to 9, I guess maybe I'm looking at it wrong. But I would look at a first 5 under. I don't like betting full games under. We've talked about this ad nauseum. But I'd also, and I, I haven't really bet these, and I just more so do it for fun or if I want some mid-afternoon action. But if you're one of those people, hey, I don't hate the no run in the first inning. I don't hate it. Because again, Strowman can get you dealing for a finite amount of innings, it seems. But then once you get to that fifth inning mark, then he kind of starts to struggle a little bit, it seems. Michaelis has been stable for the most part. Again, these pitchers have pitched well against their respective opponents. I might take a little bit of a uh, flyer in the no run in the first inning. If you just want some quick action, that would be my bet. Otherwise, I do think it's a short scoring game. No thoughts here with the money line either side, but the Cubbies getting a little bit of love in the market. Um, considering at Bet Rivers, they open minus 106. Now they're minus 110, and the Cardinals are minus 107. Run line with the Cardinals, plus 160. If you want to take the run in the hook with the Cubbies, it's minus 195. If you want to lay the run and a half with Chicago, it is plus 163. So yeah, that's how it's looking up for that Cubs game. I'll probably take a little tab on the no run in the first inning just to have some slight action in this afternoon game because it's Friday and you got to treat yourself with hopefully a winning bet. But let's see if we can't find a winning bet for this White Sox game. New series against the Tampa Bay Rays. What are we thinking here, ladies and gentlemen? The White Sox are obviously in shambles. That doesn't really surprise anybody at this point, and neither does the fact that they just got swept by the Blue Jays. I think that's pretty, not obvious, but that's pretty believable that that came through. Do the White Sox have a puncher's chance today? Well, they're going against a lefty. Yes, but it's Shane McClanahan, who's been one of the best lefties in baseball. So even when they get their favorable spot, uh, it really ain't too favorable for them. Shane McClanahan is 5-2 with a 2.01 ERA, 0.91 whip, 2.60 FIP, 2.07 Sierra. Unbelievable. But his home run to fly ball ratio is a tad bit concerning. 21.2% more than a tad bit. So if they're making contact, you know, if it's getting up, they'll send it out. But for the most part, he's been in control of these games. The White Sox versus lefties this year, 760 OPS, 293 BABIP, 
334 Woba, 122 WRC+. Very, very good. Even more so, they have been great against lefties on the road, where then they have an OPS that's fourth best at 818, a BABIP that is third best at 349. A Woba that is fourth best, 357, and a WRC plus that is numero dos in Major League Baseball at 139. So, hey, maybe the White Sox deserve a little bit of credit in this spot. However, as you know, it's it's one of the best lefties in Shane McClanahan. Um, Vince Velasquez, that's who you got to trust if you're the White Sox. Yikes. Even if you're going against an average lefty, I still wouldn't put a lot of stock in the White Sox because it's Vince Velasquez. No, thank you. It's a stay away or a fade away when I see Vince Velasquez pitching for the White Sox. As simple as that. No way I am betting on a White Sox team right now when Vince Velasquez is your pitcher. And Vince Velasquez, his stats, 2-3, and three, 530 ERA, 1.40 whip, 14.3% home run to fly ball ratio, 5.11 FIP, and a 4.29 Sierra. Oh, guess what? It gets worse. On the road, he sports an ERA of 6.75, a WOBA of 403, unbelievably bad, and a FIP of 5.54. And guess what? Versus Tampa Bay, already struggled. 4.2 innings pitched, allowed five hits, four runs, and the Rays won 9-2-3. Pitching advantage, big time in favor of the Rays. Hitting advantage, well, you would think it's in favor of the White Sox with those stats. And it is, because look, the Rays, nothing special for them versus righties overall this season. But at home versus righties, they are a little bit better. 675 OPS, 258 BABIP, 297 WOBA, 106 WRC+. So you're not even looking at that and going like, okay, great, I gotta be on Tampa Bay here. Well, no, because it could be a really lower scoring game. But again, we have talked about this. If it's a lower scoring game, that usually benefits the favorite and the home favorite at that with the better pitcher. So where did I make my line? This is funny. I was way off on this. By the way, really quick, Tampa Bay's we know, outstanding bullpen, 3.19 ERA, 1.13 whip. The White Sox are now at a 4.32 bullpen ERA and a 1.42 whip. Yikes. Not a championship team. So my line, I made it actually Tampa Bay, only minus 135. The White Sox plus 125 and the total at eight. Now, look, I kind of made that with the assumption that if I were an odds maker, like that you would get love to Tampa Bay and it would get up, but that you could see some plus money just because of the White Sox against the lefty. I would have even had it lower, but the fact that it's Shane McClanahan, you know, you got to give more props to Tampa Bay here. The White Sox, are they do? Eh, maybe. But again, they thrive against lefties and even more so against lefties on the road. And Tampa Bay's not that great hitting righties despite the troubles of Vince Velasquez. So that's why I only had a minus 135. But Bed Rivers and all these books are disagreeing with me. They made Tampa Bay minus $2, minus 200, and the White Sox at plus 170. How about a 65 cent difference on Tampa Bay from my line to Bet Rivers? And then a 45 cent difference. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> a little, a little bit of discrepancy, you could say. So then you'd probably be hearing me say this and going like, well, 
that means you would bet the White Sox because the value's there. But look, I just told you, with Vince Velasquez, it's a stay away or a fade away. And I'm not eager to want to lay that much with Tampa Bay. And in fact, they have moved down to minus 195 and the White Sox are now plus 165. Uh, the total still at, or actually, so the total opened seven. I opened at eight. Total opened seven. Now it's up to seven and a half, but the juice is on the under minus 124. Overs plus 105. If you want to lay the run in the hook with the Rays plus 112, if you want to take it with the White Sox minus 134. I don't ever really do plus one and a half on the run line because why would you want to lay a price on a run line to where more often than not it's not going to fall on one or they'll just win and at that point why wouldn't you take the plus money but maybe this is going to be a lower scoring game the white Sox against the lefty the rays don't hit righties too well eh, wouldn't talk you out of taking a run in the hook with the white Sox. but again that plus 165 is a lot more juicy man i uh I really don't like this game. I'm sorry. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, I said, like, oh, let's see if we can find a bet. And there's not really one to have here. If the Rays were a more appropriate price, for sure. But even then, still, I don't love the idea of fading the White Sox going against a lefty, even if it is Shane McClanahan. But, yes, you probably are expecting a lower-scoring game. Talk about no runs in the first inning. If you think there's no run in this one, it's minus 120. But I wouldn't bet that one per se because you have two pitchers who are vulnerable to giving up home runs, especially McClanahan. So one pitch, you know, screws you in that regard against the top of the order. So nothing for me in the White Sox race, folks. I'm sorry. But let me know if you got anything for this game. If anything were to happen, maybe a strategy you could look to do. If the White Sox maybe take an early lead, if it's only like one run or two runs or they keep it close and you're getting a better price on the Rays, Look to bet Tampa Bay because we already know that they have a considerably better bullpen than the White Sox do. And if the Rays get to their bullpen and they throw in a righty, the Sox aren't going to hit them. And if the White Sox get to their bullpen, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's righty or lefty, their bullpen's not great. So maybe keep a lookout for that and see if you could get a better in-game spot with the Rays. That's what I'll look to do. There we go. We'll implement that philosophy. But yeah, nothing too crazy with baseball Chicago-related. I'll probably have some action on the other games. So again, make sure you check out Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, VEASAN.com, Marquee Sports Network. And uh, yeah, we will be on because uh, the Cubs got an afternoon game. So make sure you check it out, folks. Quick break here. Stay with us. Don't worry. Much more action. I got a bet on the ice tonight, Tampa Bay and New York. Can the Rangers do it once again? Will we finally respect their value as an underdog or... Tampa Bay kind of do with that trend that we have talked about in the past. And now we'll set you up also with game two for the Celtics and the Warriors. Maybe a little bit more venting. I don't know. I, I think I got it all out of me. But we'll see. You never know what happens here on the CityCast. But more content coming here on the CityCast. Danny Burke, your host. Stay with us. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg same game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. 
Com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Postseason o'clock. Let's jump into it, folks. Again, Danny Burke, your host. It is the Chicago City Cavs presented by Bet Rivers. Let's talk some puck. We got the Lightning and the Rangers. Game two. Tampa Bay laid a stinker out there in game one, but we bounced back with the updated series price. That's right. Didn't bet Tampa Bay, but we bet the under, and uh, that was not great. Not doing anything with the total for this game, but what we did do, again, in case you missed the episode yesterday or rush hour, took the adjusted series price on Tampa Bay, plus 106. They were like minus 185 at some books, and now you're getting plus 106 because of one game that realistically... If there was a game the Rangers were going to win between these two home games, I figured it would be that one. But if Tampa Bay would have won game one and the Rangers won game two, you still would not get Tampa Bay plus 106 because they would have had the most, or excuse me, because they would have had the first game win, right? And then that would have made them probably like a 250 favorite. And then the Rangers would have won, and that would have knocked them down probably to where they were originally. It, it, it just matters the order it happens. And for whatever reason, it exaggerates a lot, but that's just the name of the game. And that's why you can a lot of times take advantage of it. So hopefully we're doing that and going to capitalize off of it. So I went plus 106 for the Lightning on the adjusted series price. Vasilevsky had a tough game, no doubt about it. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's no way to give him credit. He was bad. But you know what? The rest versus Russ controversy, I don't know why I keep saying controversy. The rest versus First Russ discussion was a real thing. And the Lightning clearly, you know, were coming off that couch a little bit slower. And that's why also I'm like, yeah, I lean toward Tampa Bay, but like the Rangers, they had one day off, but you still have that momentum and you're still in the rhythm of playing despite it being a long series. So I think they would get acclimated sooner than the Lightning were having so much time off. And again, that's what happened. But now that they got that first game under their feet, I think Tampa Bay has the advantage here in game two. And I think that's what the market's showing you because they've opened as low as minus 120 and at least at Bet Rivers, now they're up to minus 132. The Rangers are plus 112. Totals at five and a half. Not as much juice to the under, but uh, minus 120 is the number. If you want to lay the puck in the hook with Tampa Bay, it's plus 195. And if you want to take the puck in the hook with the Rangers, minus 240. Now, I know some of you love betting uh, the reverse puck line here. So, let me find this for you really quick. Um, the Rangers minus one and a half is plus 275. All right. That's what you're getting if you're trusting Shesterkin once again at home. And I wouldn't knock if you did. He has been a completely different human. He's been an alien at home, I guess is the way you could put it. But you know what also is out of this world like? Tampa Bay not losing two playoff games in a row since 2019. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Tampa Bay has not lost two playoff games in a row since they were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of the postseason three years ago in 2019. Ever since, they are 17-0 and in these situations. Yeah, quite the trend. I don't think it's a fluky one, folks. This team can bounce back. And I believe they will. I laid minus 130 with them. 
And I pretty much teased it in a sense that I was going to be betting this game anyways, but I just wanted to make sure the market was kind of going with me on that side. And you shouldn't always do that. I mean, trust your instinct to a certain extent. But with this game in particular, I still just wanted to see what some of the respected money was thinking about this game. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a lightning bounce back here, thinking Vasilevsky can figure it out, and really thinking that Tampa Bay's offense can at least expose Shesterkin, hopefully first and hopefully often. So give me Tampa Bay on the money line, minus a buck thirty. As for the Avalanche and Oilers, Edmonton, you know, stinker, boring game compared to game one. That was just the most, like, if you bet the over, not that we did, but, like, just the most classic sports betting thing. Like, you know, the total gets bumped up to seven and a half. Scoreless first period. Yeah, that looks about right. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, Colorado minus 136 for game three. Edmonton plus 116. The total yet again at seven. I, you know, I, I was... I would hope that Edmonton would have given or you would have gotten a little bit more plus money with Edmonton. But at the same time, if them being that low is telling you anything, it's that you're on the right path, it seems, if you like the Oilers in Game 3, which I kind of do. And I might actually get involved in that game, but I'm not rushing to bet anything with that right now. I want to look. So what was the final for this game, by the way? Yeah, 4 nothing. Look, do you put Koskinen in? I know they're not going to but I want them to because Mike Smith giving up four compared to what happened. Like, I guess relatively that's not bad, but you gave it, you gave them up early and really quickly. And that kills some momentum for a team. It sparks one in the team that it happened to no doubt about it. How about Francois? Good for you. Backup stopping 24, 24, but that's the issue. Only had 24 stops. But knowing that Kemper was out, that gave a spark to this Colorado team, especially the defense, and they really ramped it up. And you can, you know, that's the, the fallen star theory, right? You miss, not that Kemper's a star, but you get my point, like a captain of your team. You drop him, you can get away with it for one game. But if it's Fransu's on the road, or Fransu's on the road, I'm going to go Edmonton. But that'll be interesting. And, and, and we talked about this a little bit too, because like, Kemper shouldn't really alter your handicapping that much because, again, he hasn't been that good and because of the potential of how many goals could be scored. But I want to see if he's going to play. If he plays in Game 3, I might be more timid. If it's Francois in Game 3, give me Edmonton. Arena should be rocking. You know they can score. Maybe Game 2 is a fluke. Yeah, I think Edmonton would be worth the bet. We need it for over five and a half games, folks. By the way, um, you know, because I was looking at game two, and especially with the injury, I was like, eh, there's a chance Edmonton could win it. So I'm I'm saying this because when we talked about betting over five and a half games, we're like, now you'll get the better number. But you could say, well, Danny, you could even get a better number now because of them being down 2-0, and you're right, it's plus 170. So if you haven't done it, hey, maybe it's your chance now if you still believe in it. I got plus 105. But there you go, plus 170. If you think Edmonton comes alive a little bit. How about the Oilers plus two and a half games plus 155? That may be a bet I take. Because if it goes over five and a half games, well, no, you might as well take the over five and a half games. Because if it goes over five and a half games, yes, Edmonton is covering two and a half. Because to cover two and a half games, which the Avalanche are a minus two or five favorite to do so, that would mean the Avalanche would sweep or they would win in five. 
But if over five and a half games at plus 170, again, that would mean that the Oilers covered two and a half, right? So why not take the plus 170 as opposed to the plus 155? It's the same bet at this point. Again, there you go. Differences you can seek out there. And I that was me in real time. That's why, you know, kind of pause for a second. But yeah, it's the same bet. Plus 170. Take a gander at it, folks. And I'm not going to go back in on it. I'm fine with my original position. But if you haven't, some solid value in that regard, I think. All right. But hockey tonight, we're on Tampa Bay. Let's go Lightning. Vasilevsky and the boys figure it out. We would like a winner on the ice. Um, game two, Golden State, Boston. What are we thinking here? You don't want to have recency bias all to your handicapping, but how could it not after that? Like I was talking to my friends after that game, and I'm like, I don't even feel good about the, the Warriors in the series at all anymore. Like that just completely flipped my position and not actually, I'm not betting the Celtics right now, but like if I hadn't bet anything in this series and I saw what happened in game one, I would put no stock into the Warriors. None. And it seems foolish to say that, and I get it. But again, this is, you know, bear with me. I'm overreacting here. But the if the Warriors had just lost in somewhat of a normal fashion, meaning, oh, it was a back-and-forth battle, you know, the Celtics just pulled away at the end, they were hitting their shots, the Warriors weren't, so be it. You're mad about it, but you're like, Golden State will bounce back game two. The way that the Celtics came back does not give me that same feeling. In a, in a spot where they have no experience, Golden State has more experience than he could ever hope for. The crowd is rocking. You're rested. Celtics coming off another long series. Granted, they had three days off, so you know you weren't really putting too much into that. But wow, they come back late. Like if it was early, first quarter, second quarter, going to the second half, they're down fourteen. They come back. Yeah, that happens. But fourth quarter. 40 to 16, that is unheard of. The largest point differential in a fourth quarter in NBA Finals history. Plus 24. 40, damn, I just can't get over it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that is a statement win if I've seen any. First game on the road, coming from behind in an electric stadium for the Warriors. Arena, whatever. Sorry, I know there's people who get nitpicky when you say that. I mean... My goodness, I don't want to go back Golden State right now. If anything, you look at the value with Boston, plus four, plus 145. Warriors are minus four, laying minus 175 on the money line. Totals at 215.5. That total skyrocketed from 210.5 up to 214.5 and obviously cruised over. Boston, again, you're... (laughs) You're imagining them not shooting over 50% from three. But simultaneously, are you going to get Steph to make that many threes? Probably not. I mean, it is Steph. He has a great chance of doing so, but you get my point. Jordan Poole, what the hell, buddy? You need to figure it out off the bench. That buzzer beater shot, you almost shot it over the damn hoop. Talk about nerves. And you know what? My argument was, hey, if one guy's off, they'll pick up the slack. But that was the thing. Like, Steph Curry was there to carry the team on his back. 
Clay just kind of stopped shooting, but he hit some tough shots, and so did Andrew Wiggins. But the Celtics just hit more when it mattered. Man, did they do that. Now, the updated series prices for uh, for this finals matchup, looking at some different books. So, one book, we see Boston minus 170, Golden State plus 140. Another one, Boston minus 165, Golden State plus 135. Celtics minus 190, Warriors plus 160 at another one. Celtics minus 165, Warriors plus 145 at another book here in Illinois. And as for the, um, well, I'm trying to, okay, here we go. So at Bet Rivers then specifically, sorry, because they don't have it under the NBA Finals Series market. You have to go NBA Finals. Yeah, it's kind of wonky. But uh, the Celtics minus 175, Warriors plus 140 at Bet Rivers. Now, here's where it gets a little bit interesting to me. Again, I'm looking at it from the perspective of maybe you just want to go a different way or maybe you're not invested. But what about Finals MVP? Tatum now is a short shot, but everybody, uh, Tatum only had 12 points. Horford was the MVP at 12 to 1. Well, I'm saying he was the MVP last night and his odds are 12 to 1. Curry at Bet Rivers is now plus 150. Jalen Brown is 9 to 1. Brown had a good game and it seems more plausible to give it to him than Horford, but like in the chance of who's going to be more consistent and impactful. At other books, Tatum plus 130, Curry plus 145, Horford 14 to 1, Brown plus 650, Horford 16 to 1 at another book, Curry plus 150, Tatum plus 125 at a lot of books. So yeah, best number on Curry plus 165. And yeah, Horford 16 to 1. You still believe in the big man. Look, it seems like the easy thing to say after game one. And maybe he actually can do that because of how the Warriors are going to look to lock down Tatum and Brown more so than focus on Horford. But we have seen him be extremely volatile. So don't let the recency bias get too crazy with you. But I will say, because of how Golden State is going to play defense, whether it's in that zone or whether the attention is more diverted toward Tatum and Brown... And that leaves Horford more opportunities. Maybe just consider it a very small amount if you think uh, Boston still pulls this out. Which, honestly, I kind of think they do right now. I'm hoping they don't. But I just need I need Golden State to show me otherwise. And the reason that I... Because, I yeah, I probably lean toward Golden State winning game two. Again, I'm not rushing to bet it. What I'll do is live bet Golden State at a better number, if anything. Wait to see how they look. Or even, hey, Golden State gets out to another big run. Take the points with the Celtics. They were like catching 11 at one point, I think. But what I'm saying here about the series is that I don't really trust Golden State on the road. The Celtics had been a great road team. Granted, they have flopped in some home, home spots where they shouldn't have, so they're vulnerable to that. It's just, I don't know, man. Golden State thrives off the energy in their arena. Despite it yesterday, they didn't. But I could see Boston going up 3-1 to one when you go back to Game 5 in Golden State. That, one's, that would not shock me at this point. Of course it wouldn't. You figure the Warriors probably get the next game, but the Celtics have the advantage in both of those games back home. I'll maybe look for some props. 
Um, it is on Sunday, so we'll see. I mean, I don't go as nuts on Sundays because I'm not doing any shows. But, you know, live bet I think would be the best move for this game. And honestly, even though it's been adjusted and this is a recency bias type of thing, I do think this series will be higher scoring. There's too many weapons out there for there not to be. Now, you would think if the Warriors are winning that it would be a lower scoring game because, well, the Celtics have a great defense, and if their defense is still playing well, yet the Warriors are winning, that means Boston's defense has been limited, so less scoring. And yeah, I I just think that's how it may be correlated in this series. If the Celtics are winning, the overs will be hitting. If the Warriors are winning, it's probably going to be a little bit lower scoring. That's what I feel like could come through. But let me know what you're playing now at this point. How did that make you feel for this series? At Danny Burke 5 or dburke at vsin.com. Either way works. Let me know. I'm, I'm torn, but I'm not rushing to bet anything. Not the adjusted series prices. Because you know what? If you did have the Warriors like me, and I'm not saying I'm doing this. I'm just offering a different path. And you kind of want to get off it because you're scared off of what happened in game one. Well, see if Golden State wins game two and then see what those prices are going to be. The Celtics will still have the slight advantage in the market, realistically. But they got their one that they needed on the road, and they got it early. So they'll still be a favorite, but not by much if it's tied up. Man, looking forward to it on Sunday. You got to hold that lead, Golden State. But you can't have this be a series to where you need Steph Curry in every single minute like the Heat did with Jimmy Butler. That's not going to work. You can't maintain that success. That's where Jordan Poole comes into the mix. Buddy, figure it out. That's where you need Gary Payton Jr. in the game. Put him in the rotation, Steve Kerr. Okay, cool. Let him see one game. Get him in the mix now. Otto Porter was sufficient. Andrew Wiggins was great. Draymond's missing shots left and right, but you know that's what's going to happen with Draymond. Klay Thompson, hold on to the ball tighter. Take more shots. Attack the rim and get to the free throw line too. I know they don't do that, but hey. Anything to get better looks. You know it's a great defense in Boston. Wow, what a game. Props to the Celtics. I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a series. Probably going to be a long one, too. I want to see really quick before we head out here um, what that number is. Oh, they don't have the total games actually posted at Bet Rivers. But if you want to do Celtics minus one and a half on the series spread, it's minus 103. Warriors catching a game and a half is minus 125. Celtics minus two and a half games is plus 265. Warriors plus two and a half games minus 375. Golden State to win in seven plus 350. Golden State to win in six uh, is six to one. Golden State to win in five is 10 to one. Boston to win in six is three to one. Boston to win in five is five to one. Boston to win in seven is six to one, and Boston to sweep is seven to one. All right, there you go. Those updated numbers for the series prices with Boston and Golden State. The Warriors, four point favorite for game two. Who are you betting? Well, you got a couple of days to figure it out. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Our one official play tonight, as of this moment, is the Tampa Bay Lightning minus a buck 30. On the money line, on the road against the New York Rangers. Hopefully Tampa Bay ties this series up at one apiece. I'll probably have more action tonight. Don't you worry about that. But in order to get in tune with it, make sure you subscribe to VEASAN or make sure you're checking out Rush Hour, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook on VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, 
Fubo, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, the Marquee Sports Network, home of your Chicago Cubs. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Enjoy the weather. Best of luck with your plays. We'll catch up again on Monday with hopefully some happy thoughts and an NBA Final Series tied up at one apiece. Until then, take care.